On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. I'm April Ryan with On the Record. It is great to be talking to Congresswoman Marsha Fudge uh, of Cleveland, Ohio. She's been termed or called the real fudge over the years. So... (laughs) And I'm still trying to find out what does that mean, Congresswoman. But <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Well, Congresswoman, thank you for 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 taking the call and talking. There's a lot going on as it relates to issues concerning the CBC and CBC members. And let's start off first with um, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson of Miami, Florida. Um, she's in the news lately uh, because someone that she calls her baby or student um he was killed in the line of fire um he was killed while working in niger um and according to reports he could have been left behind and now um she told the truth about the call that she overheard in the car that the master sergeant put on speakerphone and not only that um she talked about intelligence that we're just not getting what are your thoughts about the discrediting of Frederica Wilson, a congressperson, um, by the Trump administration? First, let's just let me say that uh, I've known Frederica since she's been in Congress. That's about almost six years, and I consider her a friend. Uh, I know her to be very, very passionate about things she cares about, and in particular about she the people she calls her children. You know, Frederick is the person who has brought more than 5,000 young men uh, to manhood in a way that is productive to society, uh, that has given them an opportunity to get out of their circumstances. And so she is very protective of these young men, of which this young um, soldier was one. Uh, Sergeant so- David Johnson. Yes. And I think that it is unfortunate that we have a president that uh, just for no other reason but to defend himself and to destroy someone else would lash out at someone who cares so much. Uh, Maybe he was inarticulate in what he said, but the fact is he said what he said. And so I just find it unfortunate that we are in this place. And I think it also just goes to his disdain and his um, feeling about women in general. And I think it's unfortunate, again, that this country has a commander-in-chief who, number one, is so very thin-skinned, but who more so is willing to say anything to protect himself and, and, and not to worry about the feelings of others and not to worry about the veracity of what he says. But I can't recall this in the last 20 years. I mean, I've, I've seen fights between congressional leaders um, and the White House, but never at this level. What does this well, we've do? Never had a, a, we've never had a, a, a president who is like this president. I mean, we, we've always had people who believed in country first. We've always had presidents who believed that they protect the military at all costs and that we support them. We've always had presidents who understood uh, what it meant to be commander-in-chief. I'm not so sure that we have that this time. But what does this do when we have the White House the executive branch of government going after the legislature, someone to discredit someone who's telling the truth, be it, you know, in a different way, you know, how it came out, but she's telling the truth and trying to discredit this congressional leader in the legislative branch. Um, 
What does this do to the system? You know, April, I think that we can't just confine it to the legislative branch. We have to say that every single time one of these tweets comes out, it is an attack on someone, whether they be in the legislative branch or not. That is why I was so very, very proud and pleased to read uh, the speech by President George Bush that he gave in this week, and also the one by President Obama that he gave on yesterday, to try to tell us what we ought to be, uh, and that what we have now is a White House that believes in divisiveness, and it believes in attack, it believes in, uh, in, in keeping us at odds with one another. And that is what we're saying. And it's not just Congress. We know he doesn't like Congress, but he doesn't like anyone who disagrees. He doesn't like anyone who criticizes or anyone who is not on his team. So I don't think we can just limit it to Congress. So Congresswoman, you used to be the head of the Congressional Black Caucus during the Obama years. Um, we're now in the Trump years, and, and you, you, you pretty much have a have a sense of, of what's going on within that 49-member member group, correct? Is it 49 members? Yes, yeah. that is correct. 49 members, Democrat and Republican, mostly Democrat. But what are you hearing? What are you hearing with all the fallout um, as it relates to Congresswoman Wilson amongst your, your membership? I, I, I think that it is it, it, it goes beyond just... Um, Rep. Wilson, I mean, I read an August report uh, that was issued by the FBI that talks about black identity extremists. And they're talking about people like members of the Black Caucus. They're talking about anyone who stands up uh, and fights racial politics. Self-identity assessment, is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we tried to say early on why Jeff Sessions should not be the top cop, the, uh, the Attorney General of the United States. These are the very things that they want to do to try to discredit anyone who stands up for what they believe. I mean, I believe that the Constitution that we all pledge to support should rule all of these things. And so because you disagree with the President or the White House, or you disagree with law enforcement, they target you? So we've heard about this kind of thing happening with the FBI during the years of protests for first-class citizenship for African-Americans to the civil rights this movement. This goes back to Hoover. Hoover-esque, Hoover yes. Tactics. So, so you're saying that members of the Congressional Black Caucus are on a list. So that could also mean that reporters who just simply ask questions about Black Lives Matter or police-involved shootings or the Black Agenda could also be on the list? suggest very strongly that they probably are. Mm. Not could be. I, I, I would I would think very, very strongly that indeed they are. And that is just my own opinion and the opinion of most of my colleagues. So what is the CBC prepared to do and what should the American public, I mean, people are starting to hear about this, dribs and drabs of it, but what should the American public do? Can they make a difference? Can they help change it to go back to the way it used to be? I mean, how does this change, if there is change? I don't ever know. You know, April, I don't think it will ever be the way it used to be because what we have done now is we have harkened back again to the days of the tactics of a J. Edgar Hoover. But I think that what we can do, and something that I'm really pleased that our chairman and our executive committee are doing, is going to be, you're going to see over the next few weeks and months, that these issues are going to be highlighted. They are going to be addressed in a very, very strong way and a very public way. 
um, what is happening in this country uh, and what happens to those who disagree or who, as you say, use terminology like Black Lives Matter or who talk about the injustices in our justice system. All of those things are going to be discussed um, publicly and we're going to be looking for input and we're also going to be looking to hold accountable the FBI. They are a government body. We do want to hold them accountable just as we do everyone else. You're listening to On the Record. I'm April Ryan. So this is ironic that it comes as as James Comey, the former head of the FBI, is now um, in a fellowship program. He's a fellow um, at at uh, Howard University, um, one of the HBCUs, one of the great HBCUs in this nation. It's located in Washington D.C. But the students just a couple of weeks ago protested vehemently against his uh, appointment, and the reason why it was mo- I thought it was going to be mostly about Hillary Clinton. They were protesting about the systemic injustice against black people throughout history by the FBI, particularly this Hoover-esque effort against Dr. King. And then come to find out a little later from Dr. Uh, Wayne Frederick, the head, uh, the president of Howard University, he said when James Comey was the head of the FBI, he, in his hiring practices, when he hired someone, he would give them the, uh, the file on Dr. King so they could see how the department would overreach and how they have overreached in the past to prevent that from happening now. Let me just say, I'm not a fan of James Comey, but I do believe in justice and I do believe in the Constitution and I do believe in in separation of powers. Uh, And I think that we stand up for them whether we like the person or not. Now, I don't know what kind of person James Comey is. I don't like some of the things that he's done over the last year, Uh, but he- As it relates to Hillary Clinton, you're saying. In particular, because if you are going to look at and publicly say that you're investigating one party while you're investigating the other one and not say anything about it, I mean, to me, he clearly tried to put his thumb on the scale. That's Do you think he threw the election? Oh, I think that he was a large part of it. I don't think that he was the sole reason, clearly. But he also knew about the Russian meddling, which he has since admitted, but they didn't say anything about that. I mean, I think that there are a number of factors here, and I don't think that there's any one But I think that um, his decision um, and his actions uh, obviously contributed to it. No question about it. At the end of the day, we are in a new era. We are. Yeah, the post-Obama era. And everyone was saying, oh, you know, we're post-racial, we're post-racial. Because we elected a black president. And then, you know, everyone was saying once January 20th hit... At 1201, what would post-Obama look like? We're in it now. Do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? Or do you think everything will be overturned? Or do you think this is the moment here? I think it is going to get worse. I mean, I think that, I mean, he did not pretend that he was going to come here and support Obama practices and policies and positions. He came here telling people he was going to change them all. And the he you're talking about is President Trump. Absolutely right. We knew that he was going to come in and try to change everything about uh, about health care, about immigration, about the military. We knew those things. Those were not, there should be no surprise to anyone. The only surprise I see is the people who allowed him to be elected who are now complaining. We knew what we had when he was out there campaigning. Well, and, and going back to, I want to go back to something that, that you touched on. You talked about James Comey knowing about Russia. 
And when it comes to Russia, Facebook, social media played a part too in trying to uh, change the mindset and change minds as it relates to the election process. And I know the Congressional Black Caucus has been instrumental in talking to Facebook, talking about hiring practices. And if they hired more African Americans, some of these things would not have gone unnoticed by um, by those hires. What do you th- What do you say about that? I think that that's true. I mean, I can no matter what they say. We have been talking to Facebook for years about their lack of diversity. We have been talking to them for years about their inability to police themselves. And so we are now at a point where maybe it is time for the Congress of the United States to have more input into what they can and cannot do to start to really put some restraints and restrictions and some uh, real oversight over them. This isn't something new, April. We've been having these discussions for years. And lastly, what does the CBC do you think as a body? What do you think they're going to do about the um, the knock or the discrediting, the efforts, the, the frontal efforts, the full-on frontal efforts to discredit Frederick Wilson? Well, when you try to discredit one of us, clearly you are attacking us all. So and we are a very close-knit group, which everyone knows. We're going to fight for Frederica and with Frederica. Um, And I think that they're going to be surprised at what is getting ready to come from us. uh, Because we strongly um, support our members, especially when they are right and they are telling the truth. So we're going to be talking about it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be talking to some people about it today. Uh, And we have been talking about it. And we're going to continue to, to do it until we come out with the kind of um, statement and or action that we think is appropriate. So huh. we're working on it. But trust that it is not going to go uh, by the wayside. We are going to do something about it. My question is, will the president now invite you guys again to the table uh, after all this? That's my question. Well, I don't know that we really need to be invited. He has yet to answer the things that we asked him about when they went the first time. Huh. Congresswoman, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. You lay it out there straight and unvarnished from the real fudge. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House Correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.